Welcome to the Bodacious Women in Cannabis podcast, the show where the bold and brilliant women cannabis business leaders share their journey and their expertise. Here's your host, Susan Burns. Hello, this is your podcast host, Susan Burns. I'm also a lawyer in the cannabis industry for my day job, and nothing delights me more than showcasing bodacious women in cannabis. Today, we are talking with Elizabeth Becker, and she is the founder and CEO of High B&B. So if you're looking for your next travel destination or are interested in cannabis hospitality, this one is for you. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, Susan. Thank you for having me. So delighted to have you. Tell us, High B&B is a little... Sounds like a little bit of a play on Airbnb, but with a cannabis twist, perhaps? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. We are a booking engine um, that provides uh, cannabis-friendly accommodations and experiences and compliant advertising for businesses. So when you come to our site, you can stay high. That's the accommodations. Play high is experiences or get high is advertising. Nice. So when did you start the business, Elizabeth? It is about four years now since I was struck with the concept and couldn't uh, couldn't get it out of my head. I, it just kind of overwhelmed me and I had a vision for the, the site and how it would operate and how it could be customized to the cannabis consumer and the cannabis experience. And I just couldn't you know, I was waking up in the middle of the night, starting to build it in my head and, and talking to people about it. And so many people got excited and said, how can I help? How can I help? And we were able to raise funds and, and move forward very quickly. So it's been four years um, since this gift has come to me and I've birthed it to the world. Nice. And so, um, so what did inspire you? What, I mean, it was an idea that came to you, but what, what was it at the time? Well, I was working for a cannabis uh, entrepreneur who was specifically in the cannabis tourism space. And so uh, I was getting a lot of exposure to the general public and and what they were looking for, um, for their kind of day-to-day lifestyle and how to embrace cannabis within that day-to-day lifestyle. Um, It it was also uh, kind of framed by... um, the legalization, the federal legalization of cannabis in Canada in 2018. So I saw it as a great opportunity um, to legally build a company that uh, had an opportunity to grow on a global scale. Um, And when I was speaking to people, it was very clear that you could purchase cannabis, um, but there were no legislation, there was no legislation that um, had been made to support somebody who wanted to consume it. It's like, oh, great. So it's legal to purchase cannabis. Uh, Well, what am I supposed to do with it when I purchase it? I'm supposed to go into my basement and smoke it with a bong and get so like, you you know, reinforce all these stereotypes of who the The cannabis is. What are we supposed to do with it? How can you legalize cannabis? But yet I can't enjoy it with other people. It's for recreational use, but recreational for me, it's connecting with other people and doing fun things with other people. There's no support of that. And there's no support of just personal consumption. What if I live in a place where smoking's not allowed in my home? Um, you know, or if I'm traveling and there's no consumption permitted in public spaces outdoors, 
that's you know that's kind of scary. So you're talking about you're talking your business is more focused on a smokable cannabis, I guess. Um, actually, not completely. There there are a lot of accommodation hosts and property owners that have a real problem with any kind of smoking inside their properties. Okay. So it, it turns out that um, high BNB works very well with property managers who want to support cannabis um, lifestyle with infused products. I mean, ideally, what people want is uh, an opportunity to try different products and, and explore cannabis in different ways than they normally would in their lives. So when you check into high B&B, there's an infused bath bomb in the bathtub and infused beverages in the fridge and edibles on the countertop and some topical lotion, you know, and some CBD tabs, uh, um, uh, gummy for sleeping. I mean, this is the experience that we want to provide. Uh, there are challenges because of the you know, legalities in different places where, and we can't just have those open. In in, in most places, uh, the host is welcome to share cannabis if they own their own cannabis. Um, but what what we're what we're working on now is uh, making it a little bit easier for hosts so that when the guest books the high B and B accommodation, there's um, an option for them to also purchase uh, welcome, what we're calling a welcome basket. So we're just in the process of building out this feature where there will be a selection of welcome baskets. One would be the infused program, one would be the flower friendly program, uh, one would be the health and wellness program, um, and that the, the basket can be purchased in advance and have it waiting there for when the guest checks in. Nice. And so are you focused in in Canada or have you have you gone global? We have currently around 350 listings over 10 or 12 countries. In some of those wow. countries, it's just one or two listings. We haven't yet gotten that concentrated engagement. I, I live in Canada and we started in Canada. Here in Canada, people are kind of complacent around smoking cannabis. It's it's legal. Nobody even cares. And so, you know, a lot of people feel like, well, why do I need a, a place that's a dedicated space to smoke when um, I can just buy a, a, you know, get an Airbnb and cheat and smoke inside or, you know, so I, I find that in Canada, people are a little complacent. They definitely want that. Um, you know, all inclusive where you can check in and have access to so many different products that you wouldn't normally try or buy. Um, but uh, right now we've been building out in South Africa, uh, South Africa quite a bit. They're, they're really excited about cannabis there and such great energy. There's been a lot of interest around Mexico. We're looking to start building out in, in Germany a little bit. But we do need that concentrated engagement that is... Um, what the investors need to see in order to close our seed funding round, which we're waiting for to officially launch. So it's been four years. And in that time, we hit the pandemic. And, um, you know, then the repercussions out of the pandemic and, and then the cannabis stock market basically, you know, lost its bottom. And cannabis investors have, you know, really lost a lot. So, um, you know, we've, we've, lived through the pandemic, we're living through the restructuring of the cannabis industry through the economic losses that so many people have had. And now, um, you know, the recession that we're going through. So we've, we have seen some hard times and uh, hoping that we can turn a corner soon. Yeah, it's not, it's not as though this new, um, newly 
blossoming industry is is immune from from all of those market forces. Yeah. So we never actually launched. We built the technology and put it out there and started growing organically. But our plan has always been to have a really mainstream um, you know, marketing campaign that's that's quite widespread and commercial. Uh, and that's what we need in order to get the numbers of hosts and selections and and tra- and traffic, you know, to hit the next step. So, so in growing your business and pursuing your vision, Elizabeth, what I'm hearing is that you're some of the obstacles that you're working through and hopping over and sliding under probably um, are financial, the pandemic, financial, and um, well, just changing market forces, I guess, you know, with legalization in various countries and then non-legalization. I just read this morning that Thailand uh, was with the new government was going to roll back all their their cannabis legalization. Um, yeah. Roll it, it back. That's what the platform was that they campaigned on. So, I mean, it's a it's it's wild. Um, you know, you think something legislation is passed and we're going through that right now with the hemp industry in Minnesota that um, hemp derived consumables. Anyway, um, so you're working through all all of that. What keeps you going? What inspires you to keep moving? Well, I love being a trailblazer. You know, I, I I'm very passionate about um, cannabis and the fact that everybody needs to, you know, I, I, I want to eradicate the stigma and assist with that. But also it's been very beneficial to me on a personal level. I use it as a creative tool. I use it as a spiritual tool. And, um, you know, there's so many people who have had, you know, their lives have changed, their lives have been saved by it. And, um, there's just not a lot of education out there in the public, not a lot of research done so medical doctors can talk about it properly. Uh, and I'm, I'm very passionate that cannabis needs to be normalized. And there's so many people who want it to be. And, and I, I, I just want to push the envelope to help assist so other people can enjoy uh, the benefits as I have. I, I find that it helps me to feel closer to my core being, to my instincts, helps me to feel closer to my my body, and helps me to feel closer to other other people. So I I want I really just want to share that with with people. And if that that's up, that's really great. Is what you just described is that because I wanted to follow up with you on because you initially said part of this. Part of it spiritual is are those three elements that you just described to us what makes it spiritual for you or is there something else that if you care to share i know it's per spirituality it's highly that's a great question it's a really great question um what makes it spiritual and it is very personal um when i say that i connect with my instincts in a stronger way because the cannabis i find helps helps quiet those voices in my head that are like, oh, what will they say? Or what do you need to do? It's like, you know, those very, very conscious things about belonging and, you know, like um, how you're supposed to be in the world, how I'm supposed to be. So it's so great when those get a little bit silenced, I can focus on my instincts, on my inner voice. And that's where the spirituality comes to, because I, I find that I can connect with a higher power. And is that 
higher power coming from myself? Is it coming from a place outside of me? I'm not sure exactly, but it is always there. Um, and it, you know, and I have a stronger connection to it with cannabis. Nice. And you want that for others. Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, that's a benevolent thing. Isn't that a magical, beautiful thing? So I, I do feel very, very strongly that, uh, um, you know, it's it's time to get rid of the stigma, time to to educate people and allow opportunities to enjoy cannabis in ways that are different than you normally would. I mean, originally, cannabis is used for partying, you know, and there's so many people comparing it to alcohol. It's a party thing. Uh, but uh, what it you know, it's really coming into more of a health and wellness. Have you tried microdosing with it? Have you tried CBD? You know, it, it helps with anxiety, depression. Uh, sleeplessness. You know, it, it helps with, with physical ailments too, but everybody's system is different and it affects people differently. So it's really hard to know, to guarantee and say, if you take this, it's going to do this for you. It's, it's really personal and, and uh, people have to try it in different ways. Yeah. And I, I do think that's nice. I like your vision of supporting that, like being able to go someplace for a weekend and even, you know, whatever you're doing, go hiking or whatever, but be in an environment that supports um, and encourages exploration and just having that freedom, the freedom and support that in my, I, I wouldn't feel that in my everyday normal life. I think the future of cannabis is in the infused products, frankly. Not a lot of people like to smoke. Smoking is kind of out of fashion and myself too. Uh, sometimes it burns my throat. Um, I, I really love the, the dosing regulations here in Canada because I can rely on them. And I know that this gummy, it says it's five milligrams. I can take half a, you know, bite half of it off. And I know exactly the effect that it's going to have on me. Um, so I, I love the legalization here and, and the requirements that have come out with consistent dosing and safe dosing, because there's a lot of products on the black market that are inconsistent and you don't know exactly what you're taking or where on the piece of, you know, chocolate, the, you know, they've dropped up some of the cannabis and, and some of those um, dosages are really, really high when it comes to edibles. And when you over ingest and, and take too much, it's, it's not a nice experience. So, um, but I, I do think that the, the future is in beverages and, and, you know, capsules and, food. There's some fabulous products that I love, like an infused maple syrup. So you can make a pancake breakfast and put the syrup on top of the whipped cream. Isn't that a great way to host your own infused brunch and invite some friends over? Um, there's like hot infused hot sauces. You can put it in chili. Like there's just, you know, these are di different ways to consume and enjoy it. That's just different than, oh, I'm going to go stand in the back alley and, and smoke away from everybody and feel shame over it because I guess that's kind of a legacy use, right? Yeah. Well, in college, we, we had an ample supply and it was very social. It wasn't as strong as it is now because it's been bred to be so strong, but I mean, so it was always a social thing. Somebody would, and there were joint rolling contests who could roll the skinniest one and blah, blah, no seeds and all those kinds of things. And and it would, somebody would roll one and you pass it and then you'd wait a while and you pass another one. I mean, it was, 
it wasn't a race to get blot out. It was it was very social. Um, that's all changed, and I think you're you're. I would agree with you with the infusion, and I also like the limited dosing in Minnesota. We have um, currently they're just changing it to my much to my chagrin. Not that they're legalizing adult use recreational, but that they're not honoring the hemp market because we have right now we have a five milligram cap on doses. And I'm like you. So if somebody needs more, they can take more. But if you don't, you can take a half or a quarter or whatever. Whereas I was just in Las Vegas and I went to a dispensary and there's so many like a hundred milligram gummies. What? Wow. I mean, I, there's no market for me, for people like me. So if we don't keep the hemp market alive, I'm afraid it all goes that way. I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit more about our accommodations because yeah. as you hear, I am, I am passionate about it. And so I've created a really, you know, it's, it's not just Airbnb that's 420 friendly. I've, I've really created a, an interface that is um, specific to the cannabis consumer's interest. So there's a filter there where you can search for accommodations by growers. Um, there's a, a great opportunity for growers to, um, you know, to host because they can share their product and it's a way that we can travel internationally support our community and stay within our lifestyle choice so um, that's a great feature and um, i find that there's also a real need for event space a 420 friendly event space for rent um, just because there's so many regulations against smoking and against consumption in public spaces. So we have to rely on the private sector to provide these spaces, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we're listing those accommodations too. And on the experiences side, those have kind of taken off. Those are very popular, especially here in Canada, uh, all sorts of different events like yoga and um, fishing, uh, you know, art, th things like this. And, and also like consumption events uh, where, some of the brands are interested in providing sampling to the general public. I mean, this, you wouldn't know it was open to the general public, but on high BNB it is. So you buy your ticket for $10 and you can go and there's six different brands just giving it out. It's like a tasting and sampling event. And that's a lot of fun. Nice. Very nice. So how, how are you doing in the United States? We're a little slow in the United States. I and mean, there is some competition. There's um, butt and breakfast and a couple others. But because I'm here in Canada, it hasn't been as easy uh, for me to build out in the United States. Uh, seems like California is a place that we've been focusing on to, you know, get that that dense engagement there. And uh, we're just going to need a little bit, you know, more support to do it because it's hard for me to do everything. I'm the the CEO and founder, and we first raised some money early on. I had a co-founder. Uh, and with that, we were able to assemble a, a nice team uh, and and you know enter the enter the market and and grow a little bit still without having launched. Uh, but as we haven't closed our seed round yet, I, we've had to really whittle down the team. and and right now it's just me. so i'm I'm carrying the whole business and and I've got to a point because it's four years into it, four years into it. And I feel like, you know what i can't I can't keep working eighteen hours a day on this. So um, we're in a little bit of a holding pattern, you know, waiting for um, some uh, some capital to come in so that we can like more officially put put resources together to 
to create that launch. And how are you raising capital? Are you doing a GoFundMe or that's what we have here? I don't know what you have in Canada or do you, or do you, are you doing like a private offering or what, what are you doing for funding? Yeah, it's private offering. Um, we, we aren't going the crowdfunding route. I've looked into it, uh, because it's a Canadian company, the parent company is Canadian. We also have an American company. Uh, we can't do a crowdfunding campaign in the USA unless we re, you know, reallocate our shareholders, which is going to be quite complicated with tax. And and I feel like the market, you know, if I do crowdfunding here in Canada, it's just too small of a market. Our market really isn't in Canada. It, it's in the United States and and globally as we grow. There's so much interest and excitement and support coming from other countries, which is great to see. That's awesome. And so if, is it on your website if someone's interested in, in investing or supporting Airbnb? No, it's not. But if anybody listen, listening here is interested in supporting high BNB and investing with us, please shoot me an email. Hi, H-I at highbnb.us. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to to uh, discuss it and, and review our deck to, together okay. and talk about the opportunity. Yeah. And, and tell me, so we're talking a lot about your your struggles as you're going along building this vision, but talk to us a little bit, Elizabeth, if you would, about something that, or things, something or some things that have happened to you along the way that were just so stupendous and wonderful that you were totally affirmed and thought, if I had known this, I would have started this 10 years earlier, even though it wasn't legal, but anyway. Yeah, I, I think we're just a little bit ahead of the curve is, is all. But um, that's a great question. It's, you know, it's the affirmation that what I'm doing is needed and and um, and and really hits and resonates with people. So that's such a wonderful feeling. I just spoke to a host today whose event on Eventbrite was um, removed because it used the word cannabis, literally removed, and this happens all the time. So it's so nice to be able to provide uh, a service where they have nowhere else to go to for this. Um, so that's great. And and um, uh, we've had some great experiences from people in places where cannabis is not legal who want to travel and experience cannabis culture, some Japanese um, guests who just were blown away Right. And, and working together with some dispensaries to provide that welcome basket experience. Um, somebody from uh, I think it was Brazil came up and and uh, in Eastern Europe as well. So it's amazing to be able to provide this experience for um, people around the world. And, you know, people thanking me. Thank you. Thank you for doing this is, is what they come up to say to me. And what a great feeling. Yeah. So that makes it worthwhile. Oh, that's wonderful. I think that must be a really awesome and affirming feeling to have people thanking you for providing the access and the experiences. Yeah, I, I so it is amazing to have that affirmation uh, from people that, that this is the right thing. You know how we were talking about connecting with a spiritual side, and I really feel like I've been a channel for a higher source in creating high BNB. There were so many elements that just got put together and all of my experiences, all of my personal and professional experiences, I brought them all together in creating high B&B. And so for me, I, I've known this is my 
life's destiny. Like, you know, this is my life's work. Um, and, and so great to see when that, you know, reverberates with other people too. that, that knowingness. That is great. Talk to us about your bodaciousness, Elizabeth. What's unique about how you're bodacious? What's your brand of bodaciousness? How do you define the word bodacious? Like when I think of bodacious, I think of Sean, um, that actor, you know, in, in, in California, Sean, oh gosh, he was like almost married to Madonna for a while. You know who I'm talking about? No clue. He played played this great characters like hang 10. Yeah, that's bodacious. So it doesn't mean like really cool. Like what exactly is bodacious? You tell us, what does it mean to you? Great word. How is high BNB and what I'm doing bodacious? Because we're, we're taking a step and, and leading, you know, we're taking a step in, in front that's offering something that's really positive experience to a lot of people. And th- that's bodacious. Awesome. So if we want a book on high B&B and maybe explore a new country we weren't thinking about just for the experience of the whole thing, where do we find you? How do we book? Oh, highbnb. We have three sites. Um, the master site is highbnb.life. And then when you're in the US, it defaults to highbnb.us. If you're in Canada, it defaults to highbnb.ca. We have highbnb.mx, which will be our Spanish language um, site coming up soon. Uh, just come to the site and take a look. Another thing that's really unique about it is what people are offering in their listings, because there's so many people that are inspired and excited about cannabis and they want to host people and show them this cannabis experience. So there's really interesting, um, unique uh, uh, um, offerings that people are, are, are putting on. And, and that's, that's really exciting. So absolutely come to our site, check it out. It's really fun to surf. It's easy to navigate uh, and book an accommodation or an experience today. There you go. So it just sounds like high BNB and we can find you. H-I-B-N-B, B-N-B. Some people think it's H-I-G-H, but I I chose H-I because it has that double meaning. It's like, hi, hello. Hi. Hi, B&B, but it's also, it's like, hey, I'm high at the same time. So I I thought that was kind of funny. And um, what about social? Experience high B&B, at experience high B&B on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and LinkedIn. Well, that sounds great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Elizabeth. It's been a real treat to talk with you. Thank you, Susan. I hope everybody has a fabulous high day. (laughs) 